See, she doesn't even sound human. <laughs> I mean, they could have done better than that. All right. So, uh, everybody, welcome to another episode of Cumulex Radio. I am Josh. Uh, with me, as always, almost always, is my co-host and friend, Aaron Newman. And today's special guest, we have Drew Pacino from Axis. Uh, which is a really great partner for us and, and a really uh, well-known and respected manufacturer here in the industry. So, Drew, just in case somebody's not from our inter- industry and watching this, um, you know, how would you describe, uh, first of all, yourself and then just uh, a little bit about what Axis is? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me on. Thanks, Aaron and Josh. Uh, Drew Pacino, I'm the business development manager for our Axis Technology Integration Partner Program which really means that I work with all the different software companies, hardware companies who are trying to integrate to access devices. And to take that a, a step further or a step back, I guess, uh, if you're not familiar with access, we started as a IOT company making print servers back in the eighties. And as legend goes, our founder was uh, playing around with some devices in the office. He found a pile of old analog cameras and being the true engineer he is, he, uh, he took it as a challenge and he said, hey, why can't I put these on the network too? And after a couple of years of, of tinkering, in 96, Axis released the first network camera to the market. So back then it was quite different than you would see today. I think the first the first camera, the NetEye, could do one frame, uh, record one frame every 17 seconds on 4SIF resolution. Oh, wow. <laughs> and just for context now, there's there's cameras in the market that could do 180 frames a second. Uh, probably even more, who knows? So so it's evolved quite a bit since then. Uh, but Axis has always remained an IoT company. And while people know us for the cameras, there's all sorts of other things too, like access control, uh, network audio, radars, strobe sirens, you name it, kind of anything you can add to to those types of products. That, then, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we're either offering ourselves or in the ecosystem of. But no, of course, the, the bread and butter is, is really cameras. And I think that's what yeah. most people associate access with. Well, certainly that's a big one people think of. But I would say over the last 10, maybe more years, I mean, access is really diversified. And you know, actually, you were the first door controller, you know, for our access control um, that we were compatible with and, and still work with you on that. So, um, you know, access has a lot to offer. Uh, it's been interesting to watch uh, your organization grow. Um that's an interesting story, though. I mean, I'd heard pieces of that before, but I never had the uh, the origin story uh, put together that way. I mean, it's curiosity, you know, it's the mother of all innovation, isn't it? It's that thing that you're kind of interested in or you're passionate about and you, you just have an interest and and look what results. I mean, it's pretty yeah, it's, amazing. It's really funny, too, because, you know, you make something and then, you know, customer sees it and they always, okay, well, what's next? Or, or this is cool, yeah. but can I do that? So I also think a lot of the early camera innovations were things based on what customers were asking for. Like, you know, the, the camera worked for inside use, but then, you know, you have a customer that says, Hey, I, I want to go put this and monitor outside areas where, it, where it's cold. So then we're forced to, you know, develop outdoor housings and things like that. So everything is just really an evolution of what, what someone's asking for, which, which is pretty fascinating. One frame is kind of hard to get your mind around in today's world. Yeah, I, but I that had that to be would, pretty uh, amazing, you know, just to to see it there. It's almost like a PowerPoint. Yep. At that, I don't know if that would fly for a lot of customers <laughs> these days, but not these days. But wow, that's that's very cool. Well, speaking of innovation, you know, one of the 
one of the things I wanted to talk about today was just, you know, obviously people think of access, they think of cameras or they think of these other uh, edge devices, these IoT devices that uh, that you're innovating with. I mean, what are the innovations um, that we're seeing now at the edge? Yeah, I think you're seeing a revolution of a lot more power coming to the, the edge in terms of compute. Uh, access manufacturers our own chips. And uh, as a benefit of that, they're able to kind of tweak what, what worked for video, right? And maybe optimizing what you could use for, for video and then analytics. And I think the analytics piece is something that's really come to light the, the past couple of years. And, you know, we're seeing things that we never really saw before. Um, you know, I guess one example is that access cameras, when you, when you purchase a new access camera, uh, they can all run some sort of analytics at the edge. And that's not to say that they technically couldn't because, you know, even go going back to 2000, like video motion detection is technically an analytic, but now, you know, you can run a uh, classification of, of people, vehicles, all at the edge without needing more uh, model model training or anything like that. So that, that's really cool to me. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, it can be, it can be something basic that, that you know, when you, when you pull the camera out of the box, right, it can detect a person or a vehicle now. But what makes it even cooler is that you can send those processing uh, that you pulled on the edge device, the camera, to the cloud. And from there, the possibilities are really infinite. It's, it's you, know, you can take the data and interpret it however you want to. So we're seeing more of a hybrid architecture where mm -hmm. you, can, you, know, you can utilize the edge and, and the edge is more powerful than, than ever before. But then you can send that up to the cloud um, for, for you know basically to do whatever you want with it in terms of these different cloud providers providing analytics or, or whatever it may be. So I, I think that the the possibilities of what a customer can do when they when they buy a camera now are, are much greater than they were five ten years ago, and it, it's probably only going to increase from here. Yeah, I mean, obviously we believe that. I mean, we built our whole architecture around you know open working through OnViv and then pulling those analytic events through the OnViv profile and allowing customers to use smart tags to search on that. So, you know, all that innovation that you're putting at the edge, putting that on the camera, then we're able to utilize that. And then of course that does sync up with our cloud. So yeah, somehow or another around here, you know, we always like that hybrid approach, you know, trying to get the, the best of both worlds. Um, I mean, do you think the real innovation um, maybe medium and long term, is it going to continue to be with like more and better uh, analytics? Do you think that there are other innovations that are, you know, that we're going to see? Obviously, there's probably some things you can't talk about because they're they're not on the street yet. But what do you what do you see happening there? Yeah, I think that stuff will naturally increase. I mean, analytics is such a broad word. It's almost like what you know, what does it really sure. mean when people talk about analytics and machine learning and deep learning and I think a lot of times it just means doing little things better, uh, you know, getting less false alarms of a, a squirrel crossing the screen, uh, things like that. So, so I think we'll see a lot of processes improve and, and things become more efficient, um, which is fantastic. Uh, I think that you're also kind of opening the world a little bit beyond security uh, when, when you enter that world where it's, you know, maybe it's not just a camera for seeing if somebody's shoplifting it. It's, you know, seeing uh, retail behavior in a store and, you know, are people going to certain displays and, and things like that. So it's kind of moving into business intelligence beyond security. And I think 
that it's just opening up eyes in terms of, okay, well, what, we can, what can we do with this equipment? Um, I, I mean, obviously the, the edge compute is just going to get better and better, right? Yeah. So you'll be able to do more things and then, you know, send to, to cloud providers for more complex use cases. Uh, so it, it's, it's pretty interesting because they're seeing that evolve so fast, right? Right. It's yeah. like things that were, things that were seemed crazy a couple of years ago are very normal now. Um, so, you know, I probably can't even imagine what's going to happen in the next three to five years, but, uh, you know, edge compute is certainly one thing. And, um, you know, another kind of important thing with that is, is image quality, which keeps improving. And, you know, if you're talking about analytics or really anything, if you put bad data in, you're going to get bad data out. So, so it's very important to make sure that we're improving image quality so that, you know, when you get into these complex, uh, complex questions and, and use cases that you're really feeding it good data. Absolutely. And I mean, what's interesting to me, to me too, is, you know, these analytics now, there are certain analytics that I think we're almost taking for granted that have replaced entire subsystems that people, that customers used to spend a lot of money on. So, I mean, 15, 20 years ago as an integrator, I used to put in these people counter systems at shopping malls, for example, so that, you know, they could kind of track the amount of traffic that were coming back and forth. And there were some other elements to it, but the primary was to understand where the traffic was, how many people were coming and going, what time of day. I mean, your cameras can do that now. Like many of your cameras that just off the shelf, you could enable that and you could even produce like a heat map in many cases, you know, from that. So, I mean, it's just really impressive to me that these devices are adding so much value. Um, and it seems like, you know, the pricing is still, you know, in a, in a pretty affordable range for everybody. I mean, if we see the growth of the industry, the amount of cameras for people buying, it's not like this is adding exponential cost. It's, it's really just kind of adding value to the cost that they're already paying. So, mm -hmm. and now if you talk to somebody about, you know, doing a account, based on uh, crossing a line in a camera, I don't think anybody would think that's very wild. <laughs> you know, because, Not at all. We just kind of take that for granted now. Um, do you do you still hear a lot of, because I feel like maybe, and I don't know when this started and when it trailed off, but I feel like I used to hear a lot of debate about the value of processing at the edge versus centrally processing. You know, do you still hear from customers or do you hear a lot of discussion about, you know, whether that distributed processing model adds value, you know, where having these analytics process at the edge and then feeding centrally more as an event, whether that adds efficiency to the network or is that because of the scale of everybody's tech now, is that even a concern anymore? I, I think it does still add value and, and what it really does is just offer flexibility it gives people the option to to do what they want. Um, you know, with, with kind of cloud, it's really infinite scalability, right? So you could, you know, what's wild is that you could have, a, a you know, hundreds of devices and roll them out to a retail store and for your software not actually have to be in that storage to put them together. So so I think in that, in that case, it's it's 100% valuable. It's it's amazing to them, right? Now, now there are certainly other cases where, you know, you wouldn't do that and, and where you might need a server on site or, um, you know, different things happening. But the, the important part is that the, the flexibility is giving customers more options to, to do what they want rather than us to tell them, hey, you, know, you have to do it. You have to do it ABC and, and there's no other way. Uh, right. I don't think anyone 
uh, is really in favor of of that method and appears to be going away a little bit. Yeah. So another thing that I've noticed too that I've been really excited about is, you know, I don't remember the year that it came out, but you started an access control, I feel, with that A1001 mm-hmm. many years ago. And, you know, some would have maybe seen that as kind of a me too or kind of just kind of a foot into the market and see where it goes. I mean, your access control product line has grown tremendously. And you've even had some new panels have come out in the last year. Um, you know, if you think of your 2N product line, you know, that kind of marries in on the intercom side. Um, I saw, you know, we have a, uh, uh, another co-friend in Life Safety Power. Yes, I see that, you know, they have cabinets now that are supporting your modules. I mean, talk a little bit about, you know, what's the vision for the access control product line with access? Because it seems like you're taking that very seriously and putting a a lot of effort uh, into producing more and more uh, products, you know, that are access control related. Yeah, I think the vision from the beginning was really that it's just complementary to what we're, we're doing already. You know, a lot of people that have a camera system also have an access control system and you, know, you can tie those things together and talk to each other. Uh, what, you know, what we found, and this is probably before my time, is that a lot of the systems were kind of difficult to work with. You know, they, mm-hmm. they locked you in and, uh, you know, maybe it was very complex to set things up and, and not cost effective for the, the customer to switch at all. So, you know, the value proposition of, of the door controllers originally was really open architecture and saying, hey, here's our, our controller. Um, you know, it does these things very well and you can use whatever else you want. You can use whatever software, whatever reader, you know, we're not going to tell you uh, what to pick for that piece. We just want to be a part of the system. So, so I think people really appreciated that and uh, it's allowing them to, to move faster and, and change things or, or adjust things, you know, when they need to and kind of not get stuck with, with a bunch of equipment that's not meeting their needs anymore. So the, yeah, the vision is really just open architecture and, and you know being best of breed and, and offering this controller, uh, you know, to a customer and letting them pick whatever whatever else they want to use. No, I and love that approach. I mean, I mean that's something that we're trying to accomplish uh, is similar, where you know we're trying to offer a lot of flexibility in terms of the hardware that you can use, and that access control world is very different than video. I mean, video is tried to become more open a farther number of years back. I mean, there's been a much longer effort to where now it would be, I feel like pretty rare and really stands out, you know, if you're not openly compatible, you know, uh, between product lines, but in access control, that's been very proprietary. As you said, you know, you're very locked in, um, you know, so obviously we wanted to change the experience of it being easier. So I think that was a really cool thing that you said there because it should be easy. doesn't need to be hard just because it's access control, but just the fact that, you know, there's a product like yours out there that is saying, okay, we're going to build this from the ground up so that, you know, anybody that wants to integrate with us, you know, you can use this hardware and that's great for the customer, you know, because if they choose to move on to a different system later, they can still use your hardware. They don't have to rip everything out. I mean, it's, it's a really great approach. And I think obviously, you know, when you provide, customers, good options, good service, good products, and, and you try to make life easy for them and not try to lock them in uh, against their will. I think customers probably appreciate that and will typically come yeah. back to you again because they want to, not because they have to. And exactly, I, like, yeah. I like that approach. 
Uh, maybe a question for you guys there. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the cloud, the cloud world that, that you see, uh, is there more adoption of cameras or access controllers in terms of cloud? Are they, is it kind of the same uh, on the same timeline or is it a little bit different there? Do you have an opinion, Aaron? I feel like I'm doing all the talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, um, don't get me wrong, there there are opportunities that are just access control and there are opportunities that are just video management. But I mean, personally for Cumulex, uh, you know, when we kind of started pressing the message that, hey, we're a unified solution, we have access and video together and one pane of glass, it it, it kind of opened the floodgates for us and, and allowed us to really start to compete in the market because uh you know, having that ability and and plus our, you know, our, our essentially like our core mantra is open architecture. So it kind of feeds right in with your guys' mission statement as well. Um, having a platform as flexible as Axis, um, you know, not only from an integration standpoint, because we we do integrate, you know, Aperio with the Axis controller with Cumulex, so we can kind of bring that whole family of products together. But in addition to that, giving the customers flexibility of like a, a single door controller um, that's kind of huge right now. And, and, you know, like with your A1210 that, you know, we, we immediately sold a project, um, you know, having just received the firmware and finished the development, you know, so that, that product is, um, definitely spectacular. It's kind of fitting a, a growing, um, need, I should say, you know, I, I, for whatever reason that the new kind of trend is to mount these controllers above the door and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of get away from that hub and spoke architecture where you have everything coming back to a teledata closet, but giving customers that flexibility. Um, that's definitely some stuff that I'm seeing. I, I you know, and that's definitely the future because you cut down on, on a tremendous amount of both labor cost and material cost in running that wiring to the door. And that's, Absolutely. that's how access started out. Right. I mean, you immediately were an over the door controller, but one thing I appreciate is you recognize that there's a tremendous amount of legacy, legacy systems out there, you know, that their first system was installed 20 years ago and they're ready to update and their, their wiring's in place, you know, so they're not starting fresh for them to go back and run um, a UTP, you know, like a cat six or a cat five E to the door is now extra because what they want to do is utilize what they have there. So I thought that's really impressive to see with that, you know, 1210 series where that's intended to be something that you can centralize. Uh, now you've kind of partnered up with life safety power, just like we have. And so you're able to put all that together and, um, you know, be able to accommodate both. But Yeah. That's the beauty of open architecture, right? As you said, you're focused on too, and, you know, all of us being able to, to work together and, you know, even some of the legacy equipment, it doesn't mean it's it's bad. It could still work fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, someone needs to be able to talk to it and, and make it work for the customer. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and just generically speaking, I think, you know, when you asked about adoption for the cloud, I feel like access control cloud adoption started way ahead of video. And I, I'm sure that that has something to do with bandwidth and everybody's ability to either have enough of a internet speed and bandwidth to deal with that or whether it's how it's managed better now. Um, but I, I feel that the two are really coming together now, just like Aaron's saying. I mean, I think for us, as our access control really became mature uh, along with the video, you know, I think we saw a tremendous change, you know, in, in our revenue growth, meaning we're bringing on more customers and, and more people are adopting it. So, um, you know, I think for us, that's a, 
that's how we started out. I mean, we're unified from day one and, uh, you know, providing both. And I think that's what customers are looking for. You know, again, more than anything, like you said, the easier experience, you know, being able to just, just get in and go and use it. And it's, and it's not hard, uh, to do. So I do have a hard hitting question and I don't want to get too personal here, Drew. So it's okay. Well, we can edit this out if this oh. is a problem, but I, as a Colts fan, you know, I just, I just happened to notice that uh, you parted ways with a hall of fame coach recently. And I just, I just wanted to know how that feels and uh, what you think about the future for your Patriots. Well, it's uh that is a hard hitting question. And I can say it's, it's not easy. Um, yeah. Belichick was just, in New England for so long that that all of us New Englanders are, are so used to it, right? We're just so used to him being in charge and, and hearing about the Patriots and it, it being Bob Kraft and, and Belichick and, and Brady and now those pieces are starting to to crumble away. So we're we're not dealing with it very well, but uh, hoping for the best. You know, at least at least one of those pieces, Bob Kraft, is still in place. And yeah, so I, I mean. I hope the best that they have a high draft pick this year and hopefully they can get someone that can help turn around. But uh, let's just say it wasn't a very happy season in, in New England this year. I think Bob Kraft is maybe uh, sitting in his office right now, with a little bit of seller's remorse, wondering if he should have made that decision or not. Possibly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it was a tough one. I, I personally want to see Belichick go and, and break the record for most yep. wins. So I'm sure he'll get a job next year and, and, and go do that. And it'll be really weird watching him on the sideline with their team. But yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he's had a great career and, and it's not over yet. I guess we have the shared experience with our quarterbacks, having to watch them go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl. But uh, the coach thing seems like when you're done with the Colts, you're done. I don't know that our coaches ever <laughs> go anywhere ever again. But <laughs> well, I have a, you know, like I said, we're all Colts fans around here, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for him and, you know what he did, and I think, uh, man, that's the hard thing, right? Because it's it's now, and even though it collectively it's such an amazing thing, we're watching football now. You know, you'd rather be watching them, you know, play good now. So it's it's always hard, you know, when that run is over. I think I always feel like you know the Patriots and and Tiger Woods are two things that we'll probably never see again. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, uh. There's certainly other teams that emerge and, and look like the next Patriots with, with Mahomes and the Chiefs and things like that, but they never uh, are. You know, it's so it's so hard to stay on top, <laughs> right? You never know. No question. Well, Drew, I really appreciate you coming on with us today, and and I think you know also we really appreciate the the partnership and and uh, how great everybody is to work with, and uh, look forward to to many more years of that. Um, everybody else, thanks for joining us again. And uh, until next time. Thanks.